Hello, everyone. This is Robert Jackson, and thank you for tuning in to my video recording or uh, an on-camera Station Square podcast interview. So um, thank you so much for um, if you've stumbled upon this video by the time this goes up. Lucky you. So yeah, um, I usually do these um, audio or, you know, like uh, that you can find on SoundCloud and Anchor and all of the platforms that I'm really on. So today we're going to be chatting with uh, a very special guest. Um, as you can see in the corner, this lovely, beautiful young <laughs> lady right here. So yeah, would you like to introduce yourself? I can see you're pretty excited. So yeah, give your introduction and yeah, step into the ring. Hello, I'm Allison Steele and I am a voiceover actor. Actor. What? <laughs> I didn't know Still, that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes, I started out as an on-camera person and trained in the theater from New York and uh, came out here and started doing voiceovers about 20 some odd years ago. Okay, and cool. <laughs> yes, that's me. <sighs> so yeah, love yeah, love it, love it. So um, would you like to share, um, I guess we know that you're a voiceover artist. So if you'd like to share like your resume portfolio and, you know, just a little. Give you a bit about myself. A bit about yourself. Okay. So so a little bit about me. I went to the high school of performing arts. I was the last graduating class in the old, if you remember the movie fame from 1979, when you were not even in existence. And uh, you have to call me out like this. (laughs) Calling myself out actually in terms of my age, but I've retained my uh, you know, uh, I'll be 35 forever. Just kidding. I'm older. So um, I went to the high school performing arts in New York City and trained um, in the theater in the drama department. Then I went to Queens College and got a, a BA in communication and theater. And then I decided I'm going to stay with on-camera acting and did lots of TV and on-camera, not lots, so commercials and stuff like that, some soap opera stuff and paid my way through college that way or whatever. Um, And then I went to graduate school because there was a little bit of a recession in the 90s. So I got my MFA at University at Stony Brook in New York and it's in dramaturgy. What's dramaturgy? Dramaturgy is like the equivalent of what an editor does for the film is what the dramaturg does for the stage. So I was going to go into the very literary aspect and thought, oh, well, I'll keep being an on-camera actor, but use my MFA to teach in a collegiate level whilst I'm making it big in the on-camera world. Well, I came out to Los Angeles after uh, my master's degree and did not hit it big in the on-camera world, but finally had the desire to get into the voiceover world because I've sounded like this since I was four and people have asked me, why don't you do voiceover? And I didn't know what that was at the time. But then the spark hit me and I got into voiceovers. I started looking for coaches and made all the mistakes that newcomer voiceover actors make, but it was a little easier at the time. It was also very much no, much not any of the technology that we have at the time and started making a career for myself as a voiceover actor. And I do on camera when I can get it. It doesn't come very often, but still out there. And if it does, that's a little bit about me. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I mean, I would, but I just really don't have that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just usually focus on the guests because they're the real, they're the true MVPs and the stars and the glamours <laughs> and the dark. So yeah, I just want to focus on the guests. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you want to know more about me, 
literally social media, Google or whatever. Of but course. yeah, anyways, <laughs> so yeah, um, nice to know a little bit more about you. So yeah, let, it's time to get this show on the road. <laughs> okay, so my first question is, um, so back in the young days, when did you learn about the other thing? Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so how or what, so what made, really made you decide that you wanted to um, dip your feet into this wild, crazy world that we call show business? business show. Well, I mean, you know, when I was a kid in in New York, I just was like, oh, I want to be an actor. I mean, it was one of those literal things when I was five. I was like, I want to be an actor. And then I, you know, did stuff on elementary school and junior high school. And then I saw I could audition for the high school of performing arts. And I did. And I got in and I was on track. I just, they fill you with all sorts of, you're going to be a star. But, you know, I got great training there and I kept it going, but that was my first foray into being an actor, but didn't learn a lot about, like I said, I never pursued the voiceover and I went on like one or two voiceover auditions when I was a kid, didn't know what I was doing. It's a very different technique. Not very, but there is a slight technique and I'd open my mouth and and I'd sound like this when I was 16 and people were confused and it just never went anywhere. So that's why when I came out here to Los Angeles is when I was like, huh, I I got bitten by the bug all of a sudden. It just kind of came to me. So that's how. Now. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, I can only imagine because um, with how the business is and like with the acting and the shows or, you know, all of the acting avenues it everything's just kind of been, well, everything's always changing and it's always been, um, mm-hmm. and it's completely different now, especially, you know what, you know, for the past like year and a half, almost two years, Jesus. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. since everything's just always changing. So um, I was wondering how is it like when you first started um, compared to oh how it God. is right now? It's, it was so different. Oh my gosh. Like I was like, okay, I want to be a voice or a director. How do I do this? I don't even know how I found my first like foray into it. I, I you didn't Google at the time. So I don't know how, I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know. How, literally can't even remember. Like I asked around, how do I do this? And I got a, a name of somebody and he still, he produced my first voiceover demo. It was a tape on cassette. I still have it. And they were three minutes long or four minutes long at the time, crazy. And then I moved in with this woman like six months after I lived here, I moved out here with a boyfriend, of course, broke up six months later and stayed. That being said, that always happens, right? So she was like, oh, my friend's opening in a voiceover division at his agency. And I was like, hey, I was pretty bold. Hey, can I, can I be, you know, I want to be on your roster. And he was like, well, it's a new, sure. You know what I mean? And I probably, but I didn't know what I was doing. So then I found out through, I mean, it, literally word of mouth. Who do I, you know, cause there was no Google. So I found teachers and made, you know, my first demo, it was, it, it sounded great, but I, I didn't know what I was doing and I couldn't uphold that. And then my first, first or second teacher, again, word of mouth, and made a second demo. And that's when I got into uh, Cunning. Uh, at the time it was called Cunningham, but it's CESD now. And you go into your agency, you get your audition, ring, ring, ring. And you go into the agency and you'd sometimes sit around for an hour and a half before they were able to audition you. <laughs> and then you'd go into your audition, you drive all the way home and that was your day. That was it. That was it. Or you go in and sometimes they can see you within five minutes, but you're spent, you spent lots of time at the agency in the waiting room and the, in the, you know, ante room, nothing was from home. 
There was no, and I didn't know about the non-union aspect of it until the year 2000 when the strike hit. So I was doing a, probably for a full five years, it was all going to the agency there and back and there and back and that's it, one agent. And you, you made a living doing it that way. So different, not like that at all anymore. Now, people usually want you to, don't want you to come into the agencies, not just because of COVID, but now particularly because of the way the world is now, it's like, oh, there's technology, you can record it from home. So now you're just banging out auditions all day long. The agents don't expect you to ever come in. They don't need a, a, an office anymore, really. You know, so, but I mean, some of them still, I think, retain it and for, you know, for whatever reasons, but yeah, very different, so different. Yeah, I bet my young audience out there is like, uh, wait, you go into offices and you wait, uh, call back. What, what, what's that? What even is that? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and you get your copy in a little envelope in a folder and you go over it and you're sitting in the hallway and we're all going through it and you're seeing all the stars coming in and out. Cause if you're with a big agent, sometimes, you know, and you hang out and then you go into the booth and they direct you, they record everything. Like you don't touch any of that stuff. So yeah, and there was no real non-union at the time that I knew of. So I just, you know, I only did union work and then it changed. Then it all, starting in 2000, the whole thing changed when the, when the commercial strike hit. Mm. Yeah, with the stars, I bet it must feel like, um, yeah, it's so much fun. Some because... of that was fun, I have to say. Like hanging out with Mark Hamill, just sitting in the waiting room. That was oh awesome. God. Yeah, I know. And you don't even yeah. realize it at the time, right? But it's always <laughs> nice when they're nice and you get to go, oh, you know, they're actually nice people. They're not just like all, you know, or meeting my favorite soap stars at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Just like, you know, crazy general hospital lover. And I'm like, that's so-and-so. Oh, my God. And you have to play it real cool. But yeah, that was fun. That was definitely fun. But the voiceover world really exploded, I think, in 2000. Once technology started to change, the whole industry changed. And then the, also from the commercial strike, something in me said, oh my God, this whole industry is on the track to change. And I was completely correct. And I know that I was one of the only women in LA doing not started to do non-union. And I taught myself that whole path. And along the way, I've seen a lot of people lose their careers because they didn't go in the non in the union route, um, the non-union route. So yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mark Hamill, ain't he such a man? He's such a really <laughs> sweet, nice guy. And you yeah. know what? I mean, if he's not the Joker, then he is like one of the sweetest. Like, <laughs> yes. You know, he's the guy people yeah, out there in the business totally. so, yeah went from star wars and now he's joker and now he's yeah. like working big time voiceover absolutely with his you know nominations and the awards <laughs> and oh, i'm kidding no. yeah i'm just really happy i'm just really <laughs> actually fun fact um his birthday is on the 25th we both shared the same birthday we oh, literally both shared Libra. the same birthday Yay. yeah so i shared the same birthday as freaking luke skywalker so That's yeah awesome. <laughs> i know yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So going back still when you were just a wee little lad. Um, so we mentioned talked about how you got into the business. So um, how would you describe like your childhood and how would you uh -huh. describe like your early formative years, so to speak? 
oh, I was a younger sibling to a, a, a brother who was six and a half years older than me and I idolized him and wanted to be like him. So he was doing, he started doing an on-camera career in New York and it never really went anywhere. But I think that's maybe where I was like, I want to do that. And as the younger child, sibling, I never spoke up and said, I want to do this. This is so me. And like, I just sat there when he was in his agent's office and I was like a little mouse going like, I, you know, how do you, I should have been bold, right? Because as Tim Robbins says, fortune favors the bold, but I don't know. I just sat there and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, I did storytelling contests when I was a kid and, you know, like was on stage, like in little plays and in, in, like I said, elementary and junior high school. So then I really took it by the reins. Cause like I said, my brother, he went into radio. So of course I had to do radio in college and, you know, stuff like that. So I, I pretty much wanted to follow what he did, but then went off on my own path. Okay. Nice. So, yeah. um, yeah. Did you have like a supportive family where people were? Your, yeah, they were yeah. totally cool. They were like, do whatever. You know, don't forget okay. it was the late 70s, early 80s when I was growing up. I, I you know, was born in the late 60s. So, so um, yeah, I'll be 54 next month. I mean, you <laughs> so, still look beautiful. I'm just Oh saying. my gosh, thank you. It's yeah. yoga and a little bit of Botox, but I digress. Um, so. <laughs> Hey, I got it. I right? got that one. <laughs> and my teenagers who keep me young. But um, yeah, it, you know, we, we grew up in a time very different. You know, if you're in New York, you're taking the subway everywhere. You're already, you know, doing drugs and smoking pot, have your fake IDs in the 80s and going to bars. And yeah, so we grew up, it was a little crazy. But, you know, like I said, if you watch the movie Fame, it wasn't exactly like that, but it was, you know, it was pretty crazy. I, I encourage you to watch the movie. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, um, I'm just gonna do this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, yes, exactly. it it is like the good old glory days uh, when you're dro drinking and smoking at the cigars and you're going up to the bar. Uh, this is what we call the Hollywood of life, baby. This is the golden yes. This is the golden age. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, it, it was crazy. Like my parents were like, "Do whatever you want." All right, you know, just. Just yeah, you get good grades and, and, you know, do what, do what you, you know, do, follow the rules and you do what, you know, the rules I mean, of the house and there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's really good that you mentioned that because, um, I mean, it is really important to have a really great support group, whether it be your family, friends, um, anybody that you interact with, because um, some people, uh, they pursue the career kind of i mean you hear stories that they pursue it out of love some pursued it right, because they wanted to prove somebody or they want to prove people wrong out of spite and then you know there's people out there money names that just gotta do it for the money but hey <laughs> i mean people pursue it in different ways and different batches and avenues so um they get into the business nobody enters the business like um the same way because if everybody did then it would just be super boring and it would just be like, oh, okay. So everybody's literally doing the same thing. It's like, exactly. Uh, exactly. okay, where's my competition? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because I used to crave fame for no particular oh, fame. reason, like fame, like I wanted just to be, be famous. famous. Yeah. And, you know, and I didn't really know at the time, like why I wanted to be famous. Like I really just like, now that I think back on it, I think fame to me equaled success and it equaled that I was working all the time. So I think that that's what I was craving more than the fame itself, because now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, thank God I'm not famous. Cause that's a really tough pill to swallow nowadays. 
like dodge yeah. the bullet there really because then you're the you know you, you the microscope is always on you so you know to me that's not a success anymore as much as you know constant work like it's the actors or the voice actors that are like behind the scenes that you don't really you know they could still live their normal lives and you know you're not being scrutinized for you know every step you take and every you know thing you say so yeah dodged a bullet on that one <laughs> yeah. yeah at least you won't have the paparazzi on your tail like oh every yeah five exactly seconds. that's got to be very scary it's got to be really kind of wackadoodle you know and it's like who yeah. cares what celebrities opinions are they're just people <laughs> you know what makes them a an authority on vaccines or on you know whatever it's just like they're just people, you know, just because they are famous doesn't mean that they know more than, you know, people who actually know these things. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'm glad that I've never been into a position where I'm super duper like world famous renowned actor who has like Academy Awards and it's currently having like, you know, fans or stalkers or anybody like yeah. the camera crew, cameraman that is on my tail like every five or 10 seconds and it's just like, well, oh yeah yeah i'm That's just glad be hard. Yeah. yeah i'm just glad i'm not one of those people okay just double check <laughs> it changes you i mean it really does it's got to change you just in the way you you know are responding to it but yes i think that it's just the success that i was craving so much like to me that equaled success so now it's you know yeah <laughs> now it's just the success without the fame that's that'd be totally fine you know it's fine yeah. So where, how did your creative like roots or when did that like little light bulb in your head first go up? Like um, where did, what were you, how did you first know that this is something that you really want to do? And it's just, uh -huh. you wanted to pursue it and take it to other revenues and you wanted to make the world know your presence and you just wanted to let your creative progress shine, so to speak. Voiceover or acting? Well, just in general, acting, voiceover. Okay, so what, I used to go to the theater a lot when, you know, when I was a kid and I saw, I went when I was seven years old to my first onstage play, Shenandoah, and there was wow. a kid in it and he ran and I, we were all the way in the back and I was like mesmerized because it's a musical, but it's, you know, kind of a sad musical. They don't really ever perform it anymore as I know of, and it never was revived. And I was like, oh my God, there's a kid on stage. Oh, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Like that, I was, it was literally like, I'm doing that. And so yeah, that was kind of around like where I was like, okay, like, I don't know how to make this happen. I'm a kid, I'm seven, but you know. So yeah, it was that, and like I said, from going to high school, college, grad school, all focusing on the theater and, um, and doing on-camera stuff, you know, after high school along the way, as much as I could get it. And uh, then, yes, when I came out here, it was a literal like, ding, because sometimes you just got to listen to that inner voice. So I listened to my inner voice going, now you've, you're ready to do voiceover. I was like, I don't know what it is, but it sounds really interesting to me. Maybe it'll be a good match with on camera, because I really, it was such a small field at like 20 some odd years ago that, you know, 1996 or whatever it was, you just kind of didn't really know what it was. It was kind of like an inner circle thing. So that's where I went and looked because, but, but yeah, I didn't have any desire or know what it was when I lived in New York, ironically. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I sounded like this my whole life. So people would be like, oh my gosh, you should do voiceovers. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't really understand what they were talking about. What's that? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Or And also I have a famous name from back in the 70s and 60s. There was a woman named Allison Steele, the DJ. She was known as the Nightbird in New York. So if you were a native New Yorker, it's like, are you Allison Steele, the Nightbird? So I was got, I'd get calls from across the country when I was like 16. Hey, uh, Allison, this is Bob Barker from the Wonder Years. We're wondering if you're <laughs> not kidding. I will never forget this. I was watching Must See TV. You can go look that up. It was Thursday night lineup of like Seinfeld, Cheers, you know, all those shows back in the day. The good I'd programs. Night, the good stuff. I yeah. was in my mom's bedroom. She was doing her meditation thing in the other room. The phone rings. Hello. Hi, this is Bob Barker from the Wonder Years. And I'm like, <laughs> um yeah is this Allison Steele yes um we'd like to fly you out to do this thing on 100 years about blah 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 and he's going on and on. I'm like okay and he was like great so let me call your agent and I go okay I gotta be honest and I sounded like this so I was like I'm not the Allison oh okay well we're so I mean I probably could have gotten and then several things like that happened. Uh, Don Buckwald, this giant agency at the time, and I wasn't doing voiceover in New York, called, hey, Allison, uh, we'd like, you know, we'd like to get you in here. And I, wa I walked in all of like, I look, you know, you think I look young now, you should have seen me when I was 16. I look like I was 12. So I walk in and, you know, they're like, you're not the Allison Steele. I was like, no, I'm not. But I figured I would take a chance and come in. So I literally walked into one of the top agencies in New York City and they were like, well, thank you so much for coming, but you're not the Allison Steele we were hoping to meet. So that went on for several years, my entire life, basically, and even up until probably the last 10 years, once in a while, but now and then, but people out here would even call me, you know, hey, we want to meet you. And I knew it wasn't the Allison Steele, but it would get, it would generate. So that's what also kind of made me go, oh, voiceover. Mm. <laughs> I know. Are you Googling Alison Steele yet? She died of like stomach cancer like 15 or 20 years ago. Yikes. So yeah. I see. Oof. The man. Steele, the nightbird. She used to come uh, be on the radio on K Rock before Howard Stern out here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine getting a call from Bob Barker and or whoever you know, getting, it was. Or whoever. Yeah. And then just getting the offer, getting an offer of a lifetime. And then you have to tell them. Uh, I'm sorry, I think you got the wrong person. I'm sorry. No. So yeah, that's happened. I know that's gotten me. And I mean, I have several stories like that, but that was like my first, like, ooh, you know. And I've gotten indoors that way just by my voice. I know, <laughs> by my name. It's I understandable. I mean, it's understandable. Voice yeah. name is particular. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So when you were uh, performing in theater and all that stuff, have you used any stage names out of? Community? No, no, I didn't need to. Oh, okay. It's such a good name. I mean, it is a great name, I have to say. <laughs> so it's memorable. It works. It's, you know, spelled funny, but that's okay. Yeah. Allison Steele. Right. And with a Y. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Exactly. So if you all are trying to Google me, it's A L Y S O N S T E E L, no E at the end. Yeah. So when you first started into your little acting foray, um, yeah, it must have been like a pretty new experience. So how would you describe like getting into it? Like when you first broke into it, how was that like for you? Voiceover? Um, yeah, voiceover, acting, and then you can transition into, you know. So in, in New York, I was doing, you know, commercials. And I, you know, I, I didn't do a ton, but I did some. I would open my mouth and sound like this and look like I was really, I mean, literally you could visually see the cat, like the people, like if I got a callback and they don't, 
you could literally see all of their faces go, what's coming out of her mouth? And at the time, Demi Moore was pretty popular, but it was like, that wasn't popular yet on radio or TV, like it is now, right? So I wasn't, and it was just, it was confusing. So anything I booked on camera was no talking. <laughs> because they could they didn't know what to do with me so you know I just I think that was part of it and I just yeah so but you know I had fun doing commercials getting a lay of the land doing a little bit of the soap opera scene that was fun and you know just getting into the industry got my SAG card of course you know doing SAG work is way better than non-union but it's not as much anymore um oh. but that being I know it's I mean the union sadly has taken it it's not it come up to where we are in technology and it's just very behind the eight ball um but that said you know when i came out here i still wanted to do on camera but then i started pursuing voiceover and the, like i said the voiceover industry totally different animal completely different but you know i went to high school with people like jennifer aniston and then you know you get when I, there was like one thing that i booked for like a co-starring role and i got to speak to the casting director about it and i was like the casting director of Friends. So she she uh, cast me in some like two line role on some small show, I can uh, Kitchen Confidential or something like that, lasted like a season or something. And I said, so what was it about Jennifer? And she goes, Allison, it could have been any of you. That made me feel better. For some reason that just that one conversation, you know, some conversations stick. I was like, okay. She goes, it's not, she's talented, granted, you know, cream will always rise to the top if you're, but it's that 1% that'll keep you there. But you know, she had Telly Savalas was her godfather and her father was on a soap opera. So she had a nice, easy way already in, you know, with the agents, with the casting directors, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, really, it could have been any of you. And it just made me feel so much better. Yeah. You know, some so, of us just didn't hit. I was like at the wrong time. You know, I just it uh, like she was the it girl and there was no I wasn't in that, you know, I never broke through. So in the on camera world. So, yeah. yeah. So, how, so how would you describe acting on camera and doing theater stage? And how would you say that it's different when it's compared to voiceover? What's more fun and what's more I guess tricky oh. or challenging from your perspective. That's so, a good question. Nobody asks that. Yeah, compare voiceover to like if you're acting on stage, theater, wow, you know, on camera, and that stuff, and even yeah. into other avenues into voiceover. Like I haven't even touched upon commercials, like audiobooks, promos, right. oh and my video God. games, anime, animation. Yeah, like oh many different aspects. Tons. Yeah, you know, being trained for the theater, basically I had to be broken of that, always performing to the back row and being very theatrical, you know, more than you normally are. So I, that's, you know, for the stage, but the stage is always such a, a, a pure, you know, doing a play, there's nothing like it if you're an actor and it just feels so nice to, you know, to be doing that. But then, you know, I never made it to Broadway or anything like this, but you know, that's eight shows a week. You gotta be able to have that stamina. But my whole dream was to come out here and get famous so I could go back there and do theater. That happened, no. Um, but the point being that it's very different training. It's much more, you know, it's it, in some ways. Then doing on camera, everything again had to be pulled back. Because the camera just, you know, especially like my boyfriend always calls me very animated. So, you know, you it's much less, you know, you, you're laughing, but you don't, you still want it being real, but you're not like, ah, you know, it, and you have to pull everything back. And that took me years to do as well. I just wasn't trained in that kind of technique. And I think that probably hurt the way that I didn't book roles. 
Um, so, you know, a lot more pulled back and on TV took me years to get that. Um, and I wish I would have been trained more for that knowing it. And then voiceover, everything is only the voice, right? So all of my training from theater and, and anything from uh, on camera, I put into my voiceover work. And when I teach, I, I use those techniques as well, if that makes any sense at all. But it all informs, you know, acting, the foray into acting uh, informs your voiceover work. Cool. Yeah, totally. And then, of course, like you said, all the different genres of voiceover, you know, I always teach commercial first. So the rainbow of commercial is going to sifting into all of it, even animation, but your acting work comes sifting into animation or anime or audio books. You're, you know, all of those techniques, like they all kind of <laughs> marry each other. And, it, but the rainbow of it is learning commercial in my opinion. Nice. And um, yeah, there's like many different uh, facets. There's a lot of different work that a lot of people do. Um, some are paid, some are not as, um, because I know that anime is like the cheapest paid. I guess it's no like industry secret at this point. But yeah, there's a lot of people that um, want to get into animation, video games and animation since people are naturally are, you know, very loud and expressive and they yeah. just have this, you know, very um, animated personality. And then for anime, there's like a lot of screaming and there's, yeah. you, know, you know, many different um you know, genres that are out there. So yeah. um, it's like learning the markets, um, learning the, you know, the studios, networks and the buyers and and learning more about the research, more about, you know, the companies that I would love to work with someday. I usually do watch like um, documentaries or like, you know, behind the scenes stuff because that helps me learn um, what goes on and what is the tone or the style of the show? You're reading for a different client and you're reading for different, you know, agencies and whatnot. So um, I wanted to ask you also, um, with the amount of work that goes into um, specifically voiceover, um, what are some of the main differences um, if you're reading for, let's say, a show on like Nickelodeon or Nick Jr. or if you're reading for something for like more adult fair, like Adult Swim, Fox, ABC, you know, all the, you know, all the big networks. So yeah. That's a good question. Like what are the different ways that you read? You have to know your audience. So if you don't know your audience who you're reading for, I mean, that's going to be the, one of the main things is know your audience, know who you're reading for. So, you know, something like uh, Adult Swim is going to be much more like kind of edgy and you know or comedy central comedy so exactly and then if you're reading for cbs it's going to be a little bit you know air on the side of that feeling of cbs so you have it's all about knowing your audience and shifting that feeling you know it's kind of like look if you're reading if you're doing a uh, a tide commercial that's procter and gamble it's going to probably be a lot more friendly and you know that sort of thing as opposed to reading for I don't know, uh, care.com, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to have a little bit, it's going to still be friendly, but it's not going to be that, that, you know, you have to, again, know your audience, get the feel of the product. What are they wanting to put out? So th that definitely is going to inform your read. So reading for MTV is going to be much different than reading for, you know, the cartoon network. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, again, information and knowing your audience and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, let's be real. I could do amazing auditions, but I'm also up against 50, sometimes to 100 people, even 10 people. And then, the, you know, if you're the people who are listening, the writers, the directors, the, uh, the ad people, the clients, they all have to agree. And if they don't hear you as that voice and then they're like, yeah, but we would like that other girl better. It's not your talent sometimes. It's just, it, it's a subjective, are you the flavor that day? Mm, yeah. You know, got to keep that in mind for the newcomers. And yeah. even for me, you know, there are times when you get in your head about it, it's like, well, what the hell is going on? Then I hear what's going on and I go, oh, okay. That's why I didn't get that job. They use the girl with the cleaner without the rasp. They use, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, sometimes... I think it's so true that um, for all of us that are starting out, and sometimes, you know, there are times where you're like, man, I totally nailed that read. I totally just aced that audition. And then there's sometimes where you feel like, uh, you know what, I think that was fine, but I think I'm just gonna, you know, just leave it be. And then, you know, sometimes the, the auditions where you feel like you were kind of upon is the one that you end up booking this happens because it happens a lot all the time like no joke it it happens to be there there's auditions that i send out that i'm like i actually like it but then i'd be happy for the person that did book the gig because they had yeah. um you know the more fitting um they had this little something in their audition that they did that really seemed to make the we seem to stand out to the casting direct director yeah. so it could be the acting choices the um the sound of their uh you know the cadence or the voice or you know Absolutely. their audio quality which is a must um but and yeah there's all sorts of factors that go sign um because you don't know what uh, um so how i do how i look at it it's um sometimes you don't know what the directors want sometimes they have a specific um take on what they want in a commercial read or for a character. And so you just go in and do the best you got and absolutely. bring yourself into an audition, essentially. Yeah. And then if you don't book you know, it, yeah. Absolutely. If you don't book it, you just got to move on to the next thing. Exactly. And it's like, it's not a, a, a commentary on your uh, talent per se. You know, that's what people have to remember. It's like, you know, then I'll, like I said, I literally like heard a commercial a few months ago that I didn't get. And I thought, oh, I got this in the bed. This is so me. And then when I heard who they chose, I was like, really? That's interesting. That's our choice. <laughs> oh, you know gosh. what I mean? I played it for people and they were like, huh. You know what I mean? So like, again, it's so subjective. Yeah. You, you know, and you could just rock it out and you got to just let it go. You could be a rock star and then just, just, you know, do the thing, send it off and then just forget about yeah. it, move on to the next. And then, you know, exactly. if they really like your takes, if they like your reads and stuff, they'll keep your, they'll consider you for future oh, yes. projects. They well, always consider putting you. Out, and that is a great point to your point, Robert. Absolutely. That's why I, I always yeah. love to audition because it's like, even if I don't get it, they'll always consider me in the future. Yes. If you're, a, yeah. as long as you're a pretty good actor, great even, then yeah, it's more, more likely. Just put out your yes. best stuff. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> even if it's cringe or embarrassing, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. So when you first started out and looking at where you're at right now, did you expect to get to, I mean, you talked about, you want to strive for the fame and the fortune and, you know, the 
Broadway, Shakespeare, to be or not to be, you know, and stuff like that. So did you expect to uh, travel alongside to this path? Or at least was it something that you had in mind? Was it something that's completely different from your original aspirations and your original goals that you had oh, in mind? Oh, good question. First? And did yeah. you expect to get to where, you know, now you've been working at doing this for a very long time. So were you expecting to get like at least this much, this amount of work being offered or just auditioning and getting this renowned and well-known today? Oh Back God, to where you were like, question. yeah, 20, 30, 40-ish, some years ago, yeah. <laughs> You know, certain aspects of it, I, I, I'm I, like, oh man, like there's certain things that I'm like, oh, I really wanted to achieve that or I really like to achieve this. The on-camera thing, you know, I don't want to say that ship has sailed, but for lack of a better word, you know, I, I, I still audition and thankfully it's from home and I don't have to like schlep myself to a, you know, casting director's office anymore. And but, trying to know, fight the 405 traffic. Right? Like who yeah. needs that? And honestly, I don't miss that. And frankly, when I get an audition on camera, I, I just sit right here and I do, I record and it's great. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then going through the studios and driving, like I actually started to get like nervous and nauseous about the idea that I had to leave my house and go do that. It was horrifying. Now I do it from home, like whatever, you know, like that's fine. Um, it would have been nice to have like a recurring role on a TV show. Sure. Like that's the dream, right? I came out here to, you know, I was really wanting to do that, but in terms of voiceover, yeah, there's certain certain aspects of it that I really wish I would have like broken through in certain ways or gotten more work in some aspects. But uh, you know, did I uh, wish to be in the position that I was in? Yes. And though you know, again, like every level level you're at, you want to be at that next level. So like part of me is like, oh, but I kind of wish I was there. <laughs> like, but we're all given a hand, right? So I might as well I'm, I'm a, uh, have a lot of gratitude for where I am. So in as much as I work extremely hard or like, I'm like, oh, well, it would be nice to, you know, book another giant job like I had, you know, years ago. It's either going to happen or it's not. I'm going to still work and, you know, which is nice, like that, that, very grateful. But yeah, it's somewhat kind of what I thought, but again, circling back to the technology, a little different than what I thought too. I definitely work harder for what I do uh, than I would have probably 20 years ago, because again, we're doing it all on our own. <laughs> Whereas you had a, an engineer to do it for you. <laughs> oh man, God bless the engineers. Seriously. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, and the health. Yeah. In the medical healthcare work yeah just these people are the true heroes like healthcare yeah. wise and also you know you got the engineers to make you um because since everybody's been recording remotely from home now um so they have to make sure that everybody is is totally sync up and you know you have to make sure that the quality is like at least exactly. raise the bar and make sure exactly. that everybody sounds like they're all in the same room together like like studio um, in studio. So, um, and I remember that when the pandemic first started, everybody was scrambling, like literally. Um, I mean, if you already have like a little, um, like as you, um, I'm not sure you can see right now, but I'm literally sitting like to the left of me is my little closet, which I do my little, it's my little cave that I do my little voiceover sand, you know, clothes, blankets, and stuff like that. Like literally, I would joke around saying, oh my gosh, it's, 
uh, the traffic was horrible. I have to walk two steps into literally into my booth. It's like, uh, but yeah, it's like everybody was scrambling um, because they had to do it like quick. So um, mm-hmm. right when they started, but now business is running as usual. So it's like, man, <laughs> I bet people are going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, I was almost out of a job because I didn't have a home studio. Yeah. I mean, a lot have home had home studios, but I guess people were so used to going in person into uh, whatever sessions that they had. So it's like, um, yeah, it's oh, uh, okay. And then at the same time, it's like best to be prepared. Yeah. In case stuff like this happens, but luckily there's resources. There's all sorts of information, and totally. the best part is it's totally free. It's all free. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like there's site, there's stuff that I'll, you know, give resources to at the end of this. But yeah, uh, for anybody who wants to give this a shot, yeah, I would stick around to the very end. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's a lot that we've discussed. But um, yeah, it's like from your humble beginnings to I guess superstar status oh. or so. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being really flattering and yeah, I'm just really. being nice. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's see, what's there something, what's something that you wish that you've learned in voiceover, like when you first started out or like something that you wish you learned in VO, or if you could tell us some stuff that you wish that you knew before that you definitely know oh now, my God. like mistakes and, you oh know, my the God. failures and oh, yeah. Question. Yeah. We're first getting, all, I wish we're I going never there. Made, oh, wish I never made a demo before I was ready because that just does nothing for you. You cannot, I could not uphold what I did. I was directable, I was raw, I had no technique. And so you're gonna go to a demo producer and get signed, he's still around, you know? I went and I said, I want a demo. And what is he gonna say? No, he took my however much at the time and he made me a demo. I didn't know what I was gonna, how I was gonna replicate what I did. I wasn't, I had no technique at all um, for the most part. So I wish, you know, that's how I made those mistakes. I wish that, um, well, it's not the teacher's fault, but I studied with so many different teachers that I take all the stuff I learned and I I give it to my students. I wish I had known a lot of, it it took me a while to learn a lot of the stuff along the way. Does that make sense? So certain things I'm like, damn, like I I know I'm teaching in a much more uh, like fashion where I throw it all out. Like it doesn't take years for like, it took me years to get certain things to understand, to to work with different teachers. And again, not the, for this teacher's fault, but there was nobody, you know, there was, it, everybody taught their own little pieces of the pie and I had to kind of put it all together. So that was one of, but yeah, definitely the demo thing and don't do it before you're ready because if you get out there, you will potentially fall flat on your ass. And that is just, you know, you get one chance to make an impression and agents remember. They, I know they remember, I test them, I've talked to them, people know who I am in the industry. And um, there is an agent too, uh, who recently took on one of my students. He had reached out to her three years ago with three, yeah, three years ago with a uh, commercial demo, didn't get picked up, just made a new animation demo. I said, and we, I do help with marketing as well on phase two after your demo. And I said, reach out again. Wouldn't you know it? He got a phone call six weeks after he reached out and she goes, I remember you, you reached out to us a few years ago. Okay. Now we'll take you on. But she remembered. It's their job to remember. So don't keep sending the same demo over and over again, because no, they'll remember. 
<laughs> that's their job. They have, that's the way their brain works, right? Like that's where they're good at their jobs. So, oh yeah. Don't make all the mistakes that people say, just get a coach <laughs> that's supposed to walk you through the process and, and be your mentor, but get somebody who you can trust. And, you know, we, the coaches will be your most expensive investment most likely, but that's the way it should be. You're trying to learn a new industry. So yes, I wish I wish I could have known a little bit more as opposed to some of it taking years. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> people really underestimate how, yeah, agents and studios, they have really good memories. So yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> they really I mean, underestimate I have proof, that. Like literally I have proof, like people, you know, agents tell you these things, especially if you start to become friendly with them and spend, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, countless. I know the ins, you know, know somebody who knows the ins and the outs. So yes, yeah. study with somebody who don't go to one of those large places also. That's the other thing. It's like, I, I mean, not that I made this mistake, but coulda, if I was younger, you know, or didn't know, but people will go to places, you know, that are such a voice, Edge Studio. I hate to be disparaging, but like, no, they're out to get your money. Don't pay in advance for any training. Don't do that. It didn't exist when I started and it shouldn't exist now. They're out to get your money. No, mm -mm. go with somebody who has integrity for God's sakes. I've turned people away and I will test you from the minute I get an email from you. So, you know, it's all like not test, but I feel you out. I know what's going on. I, I get into your brain. So like find a coach that's going to do that. And we all will say around the same things to get you to the place like religion. It all goes to back to the same place to God. Right. But you go in different routes. Are you a born again? Are you Jewish? Are you Catholic? So voiceover coaches, we all lead you to the same place, but who are you vibing with? Who do, who do you want? You know, and, you know, I would say, yeah, study with a few that are in different genres, but you, you know, who are you going to vibe with? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to entrust your, you know, to be your mentor? Yeah. And I know this was a most commonly asked question, but is it important to have a variety when it comes to coaching and mentors? And it depends. You know, I've studied with several uh, several uh, coaches in different genres, but if you're just starting out, you're not going to study with like two coaches for commercial at the same time because that can get a little like a it could get expensive, and b it's just like you want to stick with somebody who's going to really just go, okay, the, but yeah, at some point go, you know, I'll say, go study with Maurice now. She won't uh, teach somebody unless they're with, you know, at a certain level. So like there's some, but I, I teach her techniques though. So there you go. So it's, you just want to study with people. So, you know, I would say, you know, stick with one. If somebody wants to study animation, I'll say, go to this person or audio books. I say, so I definitely will guide the person and say, okay, you need to go there now. You need to go there now. But, you know, studying with, yeah, sure. At some point, you know, if you're being mentored, it doesn't hurt, I guess, to get coaching from another, you know, absolutely. I mean, you know, but yeah, I would say veer off into like, okay, well, you study with me for commercial, now go here for animation, now go here for promo, audiobooks, yada, yada, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So what actually led you into coaching? What made you decide that, okay, <laughs> I'm going to teach the new generation referrals. of factors? Yeah, referrals. Okay. Referrals. I don't, I don't advertise. And, you know, I know how to teach because I, like I said, circling back to my, I got an MFA and that MFA helped me teach, learn how to be a good teacher. 
So, um, you know, I can, like I said, I'd rather teach adults, teach on a collegiate level. I've coached kids. It's not my forte. So I always say, I send kids elsewhere um, most of the time. A, a 16 and over is my sweet spot. But that said, you know, I, I, it referrals. I would get referrals. Oh, can you just teach this person? So I refined it though over the course of years. And now I've, you know, and I still learn myself on how to teach even better, I, I would hope always keep it fresh. <laughs> but yes, that it was, it was always on referral. That's how I started to teach. I mean, you always get better as you go along. Oh, it's yeah. the same way that any, Absolutely. Or anything that you're pursuing. I mean, you always but get I only, better. Yes. Like but I only podcast. teach up to three hours a day because I need to do the rest of work and all that stuff. I can't, it's just too much otherwise. Oh yeah, so sure. I, I was, yeah. I was going to ask, how do you juggle teaching like coaching alongside your voiceover work? Like this. So like after you, you know, I have like what I'm going to do next. Okay, I'm going to hit that audition next. Let's do it six central. Then I'm going to hit that audition. Then I'm going to grab a bite to eat five o'clock. I got a student for a half an hour. And then I, so I just, you start to learn how to manage your time and be, you know, get time management, time management, prioritizing, which auditions yeah. go first, which not, you know, et cetera. And being able to, oh, yeah. you know, do yoga practice, spend time with my kids when they get home, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Got to get your yoga and exercise in. Oh, yes, you do. It's good for your heart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, it boosts up, and it boosts up your immune system. So that way, you know, you have a better chance of defending off against the evil SD viruses or sickness or uh -huh. whatever's going exactly. on. Right now. Yeah. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you too. Um, so what have been some of your favorite projects, like your best work that you've done over your long, illustrious career? Oh, what are some of the top ones that immediately come to your mind? Like I best love projects doing clients? promos. Promos are so great. And I don't do as many anymore because I am actually a uh, William Morris orphan and trying to get a different, a better, uh, uh, another agent in LA. Um, but promos, I love doing promos. Um, I, you know, like when I was on the uh, TVG network, that's horse racing. I was on the Universal Sports Network, like the voice thereof. Those are some of my favorite jobs. Live announcing. I did the Genesis Awards five years in a row when they were doing it, the Humane Society Awards. So that was really fun live announcing it um and then just yeah I want to say promo like promos are like I love them they're just like I vibe with them um and then uh, yeah certain commercials I've done were really fun just like it, they just felt joyful to do does that make sense like I did one of my first large campaigns was many many years ago 20 some odd years maybe 15 20 yeah 20 years ago and it was for Lady Speedstick if you google it and it was like the, the the music was fun it ran for like three years and it was just fun like to do updates on them and I got booked because I have a good sense of timing not because just because of that but I was able to knock out they were like all right can you take a second off can you take a half second because they couldn't do it technologically right back then you had to get it in the time can you do it at 14.5 can you do it at 14.7 can you do it at so my inner metronome works very well and I've had several jobs that book like I booked because of that but oh I love those large you know those fun campaigns they're just fun <laughs> Yeah, I was also good at like character work. Like, what were some of your favorite productions that you did for on camera uh, theater? Yeah, we're gonna get into your on camera stuff and theater, you know that stuff. So, favorite productions or plays that you've been a part of, if you could, if you could recall, because I know it's been like 
eons, ages, eons. Yeah, of and I don't do as much yeah. theater anymore. Well, okay, well, I worked on Stacked on camera. That was really fun because I got to work nice. with Pamela Anderson. And that was like my first foray into um, doing a sitcom. And that's my dream because it's like a play in real life. They they film it as they go along. They don't, it's not like a movie where it's, you know, chopped up, you're doing the end first in the middle. And the, I mean, people come out here to be film stars. I actually would rather do TV. It's faster, it's fun. And I love making people laugh. So that was really cool. A cool experience, learned a lot, soaked it all in. Um, yeah, that was really, really fun. Um, and in terms of plays, like believe it or not, from high school, because I haven't done a huge amount of plays after college or grad school. So there was one play I did in high school that was really fun. Um, a few in high school, believe it or not, high school. It's so funny to talk about that way. But yeah, and a few post high school too. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a list of, you know, your favorite people that you've worked with in the, in the industry and, you know, actors that you've looked up to um, long before you started your career? It could be voiceover, acting, and just directors on you. Yeah, people that you want to give a shout out to that you just Oh my God, here's a good one. Yeah. And he's a voice actor, of course. His name is Joe Cipriano. He's like the top of the top of the food chain. And when I came out here, my friend, he was in radio. So there was a, a magazine called R&R, &R, or maybe it was a newspaper, Radio and Records. And that's what everybody read in the trades. My brother, who was in radio at the time, said, yeah, well, you know, talk to somebody like Joe Cipriano. And I was like, all right. And I had the balls <laughs> to call him up. I got his number off and I was like, hey, my name's Allison Steele and I want to get into voiceovers. Like, I was just, I didn't know. You don't really pick up the phone and do that. And he was like, well, you probably want to get some training, blah, blah, blah. And like years later, you know, we end up being, of course, friends on Facebook. And I was, I finally got to meet him and, you know, all the girls have crushes on him because he's so great and fabulous and, you know, older man, but like fantastic. Hopefully he'll never hear this, but he knew <laughs> that. Oh, you know. And know. even his wife knows, you know, like he was just such a, per he is such a person. He's the guy who would be, um, he announces for like, you can hear him tonight on AGT. Like he's like, um, you know, tonight on America's Got Talent, or he was like coming up on Two and a Half Men. So he's just illustrious. So I looked up to him so much. Um, people like Randy Thomas, who, you know, the live announcer for like pretty much everything, Kennedy Center Awards and Tony's, the uh, Academy Awards. And, you know, we became friends. So that was kind of cool to, you know, finally be friends with the people that you, you know, go, oh my God, you know what I mean? <laughs> So yeah, or the, you know, people in radio, like the imaging people, like there was this girl that I fangirled out because I love doing imaging as well, imaging for radio stations. And this girl, Rachel McGrath, who's like the, one of the top imagers in the country, she probably makes that 250 a year or something. She has 85 radio stations. So people would call me when they couldn't get her. And I was like, oh, I'm Rachel McGrath's sloppy seconds. Awesome. So yeah, it was, you know, people like that, we became friends. So yes, those are, those are definitely people that come to mind. Yeah. Like influences and inspirations are super yeah. cool. Like you look up to them as you know, um, oh, yeah. you idolize them. I don't. So then you're, and then it turns out you become friends with them, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, nice to see you at the studio today. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna rock this gig. Let's exactly. Get it. exactly. And it's like it's so nice that this is a really welcoming, loving, and supportive community. Like voice oh. actors always look out for each other, and um, yeah, we go through the highs and lows, especially you know as of recent times, but yeah, we always, we have to look out for each other. Yeah. Totally. totally. So 
yeah, did you watch, like, are you catching up with, like, any series or TV shows? Or what were some of the shows or movies or just anything that you grew up watching that you, that were just some of your absolute favorites? And you can list shows that you're watching now that, I mean, if you, like, during your off times. Yeah, if you have Okay, time you must watch Call My Agent. If we're going to, you know, I just, for, because it's in the industry, but it's on camera and it's French. It's on Netflix and it's four seasons and there's going to be one more season apparently coming out next year, but it's fantastic. It, you feel like it's real, but it's all about like, it's the on-camera industry, but it's fantastic. Call, watch Call My Agent. Love, love, love it. Um, and then just, you know, of course I loved Game of Thrones and, uh, you know, just, yeah, I love watching series. I could just go on and on. The last ones I watched were like White Lotus or The Haunting on uh, Hill Manor and I'm in the middle of that now because there's always good content on Prime, you know, Prime as well as uh, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Were there like any movie stars or actors that you've, um, I know you mentioned once that you're friends with, but anybody in particular that you grew up, um, that you've watched the movies and shows that you also were a huge fan of? Wow. I mean, I had, I was such a girl with crushes, <laughs> you know, like Christopher Reeves in the original Superman. Oh my gosh. Sylvester Stallone was on my wall and, you know, like we all just like wanted to be like with those guys, you know, and then rock stars that you, you know, it was all about the rock stars and like the, those movie stars back then in the eighties and seventies. So yeah, <laughs> you know, growing up listening to the Bee Gees and, but then again, listening to rock as well. So, you know, Queen and the Who. <laughs> oh man, you got, you're now sparking up my music taste. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to say I'm eclectic. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's like David Bowie and, you know. Oh, all I of was those... just going to say Bowie. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. ELO, yeah. ELP, all the, you know, greats. <laughs> yeah. I've... I have a I have an entire list of actors, but right now I'm just gonna say Robin Williams because oh, he's the one who yeah. immediately comes up. He always comes up on top whenever I think of like comedians or people who inspire oh, like my sense of humor and just like like quirky, snappy improv timing. Yeah, he was yeah. the master at it. He and was. Yeah, I love him so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I rewatch his movies from time to time, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I just never just. There's not like never one dumb moment that I have every time I rewatch some of his older films. And it's like, yeah, he was just a genius. He really was. Yeah. Watch Gosh, the it's... documentary oh. Val. That'll give you a whole new respect for Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. Juilliard nice. trained. And yeah, like that totally opened my eyes. And I was like, wow, okay. This, this guy was the real, is, was the real deal. I mean, his voice, gone. Man. So real, real quick, what are some of the benefits? Because I know there's like a lot of, you know, work that um, that are unionized and of course non-union. So the differences between, um, I guess, when it comes to being a SAC after a member or a unionized actor to like, if you're working non-union. So what are the benefits of joining a union and what are the main differences between both spectrums? Well, you know, you're not really trying to join the union per se anymore until your Taft-Hartley in. So you get one free gig and you get a union wages and then you get, then you could do your second job, but then you're supposed to be called what's a must join. So you pay your, now it's probably 3000 some odd dollars and then you should really only be doing uh, union work. 
I'm not one of those actors who can only survive in the union world. It just, I, I, I can't. I mean, there are union actors who will only do union work and they can survive. And there are those people who didn't know how to navigate the non-union industry and lost their careers. I could name countless people off the top of my head. And then there are people like me who knew how to transition into the non-union world and just crossed their fingers. They weren't gonna be told off by the union. And then it became, well, now most of it's 85% non-union anyway. It's so much nicer to be, I mean, look, I've been a union member since I was 16. I had full health benefits, pension, the whole thing. And it's great, you know, if you can get it, but at the end of the day, I'd rather pay my own health insurance and be able to put food on my table and do non-union. So, you know, is it better to be doing union work? If you can get it, absolutely. And if that's all you're doing, God bless you. But if you're, if you have to do non-union work to, you know, it, the wages are sometimes going to be sometimes almost the same, depending on what you're doing. Now, if you're doing, let's say ADR, you're, you might only get non-union, you'll get 900 for the day and no residuals, for example. But if you're doing ADR for union, you'll get lifetime residuals till the end of the film or series ends or whatever for 20, 30 years. So the residuals in the union are incredible. And like I said, the, the, the health and the benefits, you know, if you can, but you know, I, I know, you know, that again, the cream of the crop are, are there, some of them, and that's great for them, but I <laughs> do what I have to do. But yeah, even the non-union now stuff is, is getting better in terms of the wages, but you know, and there, and the rebuys and stuff like that. But, you know, you're not going to get residuals for a lifetime off a movie or a TV show in a non-union world. So, you know, they both have the pluses and minuses. It's like, I'd rather just make a living and be able to put away money than say no to, non say no to non-union work and basically not have a career. Does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> I was also going to ask, so as far as social media goes, um, how has it become... Um, a very integral part when it comes to um, getting your name out there, like marketing and um, connecting with people, clients and direct, you know, it's doing, like, you know, if you're um, out there hustling and you have social media, so what are some of the, you know, some of the pros and cons of having uh, an online presence? You know, I, I, I'm not the giant social media person. I guess I could be. There are a lot of people who don't. I've gotten jobs through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, but and maybe even Twitter, but I'm never on Twitter. I don't go on TikTok. I mean, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a TikTok star. And I did one thing and I was like, <laughs> I this, you know what I mean? Um, that, I just don't. Or that other thing that's out now and I even took it off my phone, cast something, or I don't even know what it is, cast voices, or I don't know what the frack. Um, but I guess I call club? Cast, yeah, that like another app. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, I don't have time for it. And like some people, like they're just going out to get likes and going out and getting as many followers. And I'm like, who cares? You know, maybe it'll garner me some students, but it's like, ah, I don't need to go marketing myself that way. And honestly, like, I just, I don't probably use it to its fullest, but I don't find it like, you're not going to get probably like, you know, uh, ongoing. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not like a huge social media marketer person. I don't know how far it's going to actually get you in terms of booking jobs. Maybe some, but I don't know if it's going to be the ultimate. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, was, I use it for, you know, some of it, but it's, you know, yeah. it's a wing and a prayer if you're going to, you know, all of a sudden, but yeah, I mean, it does have its uses though. 
you know, there are certain agents that follow, there are certain, you know, and so I'm careful what I put out or I'm, you know, obtuse about it, but yeah. Yeah. So how do you go on about, um, you know, putting yourself out there and, you know, you're doing your little, so not social media, but like marketing and not, I guess if advertising the way works, but no, like, marketing. you know, when connecting marketing. So how do you, what are some ways to go on about it? Do you have any tips to go about it without, you know, coming across as desperate or like I'm begging yeah. or, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, being like a people, total like butt kisser, you know? Yeah. I could go on yeah so I'm just going to stop there. I'm just going to stop there. I know. I mean, you know, again, you do, you know, email is going to probably be the best way, you know, hitting somebody up on a d direct uh, DM or whatever. A DM, slide into I the mean, DMs. You know, the, the agents don't really want that. You know, unless you're like, hey, I just booked this $100,000 job and I need some, you know, then they're like, okay, come on in, you know, but like you go through the traditional route, if you ask me, you know, you maybe you hit them up on LinkedIn, but that's again, I feel comfortable doing that because I've been around a really long time. So I'm like, hey, so-and-so, you know, you want to pick me up, you know, like, and I, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and they already kind of know me. So I'm like, you know, in that way, I'm kind of lucky. But if I were a newcomer, I wouldn't necessarily be hitting up the president of Atlas saying, hey, like I did. Mm, okay. So do you recall some of the funniest recording sessions that you've ever had? Like oh boobers, God. outtakes, you know, uh, as much as you keep like between. a sailor. So I'm surprised I haven't already. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have some stuff that's funny. <laughs> I'm mean, like, you know, just like, I mean, yeah, a lot of it ends up being cursing. I sound like I have to rest sometimes because I do use that as part of my get rid of my energy thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nothing that comes to mind offhand though. Yeah. And I know that a lot of actors, there's this term that is called the imposter syndrome where, yes. um, yeah. Do you have any tips on, you know, uh, for people that mm. struggle with this and, you know, other like yeah. negative thoughts and yeah. You know, that's a lot of like, you get a coach, get somebody to check because uh, yes. I mean, I have YouTubers coming to me who have 10 million subscribers and they're like weeping on our first and we're not, I'm not barely even, you know, teaching them much at first, but uh, it's very much here. So that's why you want to coach because much of it turns into a discussion. And that's where that will help. The tips are get a coach, get somebody you can talk to, you know, get somebody you can study with and that is gonna talk you off the cliff. So that's also why having a coach to me is imperative yeah. because of that, because the imposter syndrome. Yeah, self-care. So oh, yeah. yeah, yep. So are there any plans for the future you wanna discuss? Any upcoming projects or other work we can look forward to that is not under NDA because I don't wanna catch you. I know under NDA, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have anything at the moment, just like your average, whatever comes out of my mouth and onto the radio or TV. Um, a lot of it's regional, local at the moment. And oh, you might hear me on Pajamagram because I'm the voice of that for the last like six years. So when the holidays come around, hopefully they'll use me again. And then mostly guys hear it because <laughs> it goes on like sports stations on the radio. But if you Google pajamagram, you might hear me <laughs> or if you, you know, listen to that sort of thing. But at the moment, nothing large, but that I can think of. Okay. <laughs> so any fun facts or trivia about yourself you'd like to share? Well, besides my name being famous, Alison Steele, but that's, that's all I can comes to mind at the many moment. I practice yoga. I have twins, a boy and a girl. That's a fun fact. Uh, they're going to be 15 as of this recording. Um, 
Uh, yeah, those are, I have a boyfriend who I knew from high school that we got together 35 years later. That's another fun fact. Uh, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Sweet. Can you share any vocal warmups or, you know, any? You don't warm up your voice without warming up your body. So that's why I do yoga every day. Yeah. So don't warm up your voice without warming up your body first because you have to get your, uh, you know, blood running through your vocal cords. I jump around all the time. Yeah. And that's, I, that's the way talk. you warm up your voice. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like super high energy, energetic, because there's like never a day that goes by where I'm not jumping up and down because I'm like, yeah, I got to get this energy. Yeah. There you go. That's the way to do it. So what are some, I'm sorry. Oh, what are some challenges? What are some, what are the challenges and favorite parts of doing what you love doing? You know, some of the challenges could sometimes be, in, I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but like going through what any, you know, at any level of your career, you're going to go, okay, is it me? Like, what the fuck is happening with her? You know what I mean? Like, what, why? Like, what, what, you know, like on certain bookings or, and you just have to like, that's, that is a challenge for anybody. And if you ask me in this industry, um, but you know, it's talking yourself and, and all that stuff that I teach my students to do, you know, and then some of the challenges, like if I don't, you know, like there are certain jobs that I hadn't done a few years ago, I did a job that I'd never quite done before. And I was like, oh my God, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. <laughs> and you just, you know, you just have to like focus up and do all the stuff that you learn about your warmups and this and that and about your focus and, you know, do what I teach from literally day two. <laughs> so, yeah, I follow my own rules. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Since, since we are still unfortunately dealing with the, you know, what's right now, what usually keeps you occupied and busy, you know, alongside voiceover coaching and do you have any other hobbies that you like to do? Um, I'm just looking at this. Sorry, I was looking at somebody calling um, because I probably have to go soon for the record. Um, oh, yeah, like I said, 10 minutes. Yoga, I have my kids, uh, boyfriend. So, you know, just reading, listening to music, watching TV, you know, the, or good shows, whatever. So, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance out or juggle in between, you know, your work, professional life and your personal life? Huh. You start to, you know, as the work comes in, you just start to get into a flow. It's almost like, you know, when people go, oh my God, but what if I, and you go, well, it's not that it's going to happen immediately. You just kind of start to get used to it. Does that make sense? So it's yeah, like in totally. the beginning, I wasn't used to teaching three students a day. And then all of a sudden, when I have three students, I go, okay. And you, you know, you get used to it after a while, you just get into a routine and you start to go, oh, okay. Like, and you temper your energy and, you know, so you just start to like manage it as it comes along and time management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that singing is a good way to warm up your voice? Well, no, no. Singing to warm up? Hell no. Warm up by exercising, warm up your body, th that will warm up your voice. I never do vocal exercises, maybe like, you know, the chewing thing like yeah. fast and then making sure my jaw oh, is yeah. loose and, you know, that sort of thing. But and I do that throughout the day or in my practice or in, in my yoga practice in my car or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I literally like warming up your voice is via warming up your body. Yeah. Wow, I never heard that before. Okay, you learn something new every day, like I said. Act, it's an acting tip, yes. Yeah, so what you say, do you have like any, um, I guess, what are some opportunities or jobs that you would love to book? If you wanted to be a part of your favorite, like, I don't know, something, something, what, what would they be and why? 
What oh, dream promos, did you do? It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's that promos. They're fast. They're, you know, like they just, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving. You're constantly doing later on today, tomorrow on today, next week on today, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the announcer for a show, those are that. And imaging, you know, just constant imaging is fun. Um, uh, and yeah, some good, you know, cool, uh, it's silly, but retail spots are always vibe my way. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> fun. So, <laughs> yeah. So how would you say that COVID and the pandemic, how do you think, what would you say, how, how did it really affect or made a big trajectory, not trajectory, but how would you say that it really changed or, you know, the way that the industry is working and what would you like to see in the future? How would you say that it's going to continue to change going forward? So how has it personally affected your life and where do you see it progressing as we you, go along? You know, it affected me by making me more of a shut-in. <laughs> Introverts for life. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, leaving my house today would be great just to even take a walk, but, you know, so it's definitely, and also more students. I mean, I've been graced with the fact that people are like, oh, I want to be a voiceover actor teach me and I'm like all right you know so it's given me a lot of you know a lot more students via that just by sheer people are like I don't want to waste my life anymore I want to try to pursue my dream okay you know so um that helped but it's gonna in terms of the technology I think that it really opened up the doors for we don't have to go into audition we don't have to go into work we don't have to leave our houses really let's be real <laughs> you know so that's how I think it'll stay that way, probably for the most part. Hmm. Okay. I would have facts like if you would like to demonstrate your vocal range, but I think we have demos and everything on your website. You do. Go on my so, website. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So we've got five minutes left. So any, what would you want to say to your younger self before you set off your path into your passions of what you want to do in life? If there's something, if you'd like to write to your younger self or say to them, what would it be? Oh my be God, like? you're going to laugh at this one. You should have gotten a nose job way earlier <laughs> because it made me more confident. And I felt like I always like, you know, it just hindered my confidence, I think. So uh, yeah, that get as, um, I should have moved out to LA probably sooner and really just like went for it. Went, did more, the I should have done more theater at the time that I had the opportunity to. I should have, um, I wish I could have, um, studied with, you know, certain teachers, well, more or again, or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and really pursue, you know, just, I wish I had, um, you know, the confidence that I have now, but I guess there was no way of, of instilling that in myself back then, but, you know, it would have helped. <laughs> you got to, you know, and I always faked it, the confidence till I made it, but, you know, just go in and go with gusto, you know what I mean? Go for it. But I, I did really go for it, but I just, um, I, 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 yeah, definitely going for the, on, particularly the on-camera stuff. I wish I would have, you know, certain stuff about, you know, uh, going for it a little more so, and, and more than I, in different ways. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So any advice you want to give to anybody out there who have similar passions or aspirations to do what you're doing? Oh, get a coach immediately. If you're going to do it, do it like Gus, do it with, go with the best. I always say go with the highest. You know what I mean? Like, why would anybody study down here when you can study up here? And again, you know, if it's not me, I can uh, tell you to send go referrals. To other people. Or, yeah. yeah. Because again, like, and people think I'm crazy. I'm like, well, if you don't go to me, go to this one or that one. And they're like, why are you referring? I'm like, because 
if they're not going to go to me, I don't need the money that badly. And I want the person to do the best that they can. And if they're not vibing with me, then they'll vibe with the people that at least I trust to teach them. And I'm talking particularly commercial. I'm sure I've lost students that way. Um, but yeah, get a coach, get somebody to walk you through. I mean, I've had several, like I said, but I don't know if I was, you know, it was a different time. I didn't have to necessarily be walked through the industry by the hand at that time, but that certainly my teachers at that time helped me for sure. So get a coach. To, yes, everything's Googleable, but why are you going to spend hours on Google and get a million different opinions and when you should go with somebody that you trust? I mean, like for anything else, you go to, you know, to become a lawyer, you go to teachers and you go to, you know, certain, you know, to become a doctor, same thing. I'm not comparing ourselves to, you know, rocket science here, but you're learning a new field. You're learning a new industry. Learn everything there is to know about the industry. And, and then you're going to feel better and not have imposter syndrome and feel as though you're being guided every step of the way. Get a coach. All right. Awesome. 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 <laughs> so you can, you know, sell yourself out or self-promote, um, you know, your social media, your website, <gasps> what can people expect to uh, expect, um, you know, out of your coaching services? And yeah, go on and my all this. website. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my website social the media, way. Yeah. go on allisonsteel.com, read the whole FAQ page. It's a lot of information, which is nice. It's free. And then if you're still wondering, hmm, uh, should I get the videos? Yes, I made the video. I made my first three lessons in person on video. Why did I do that? Because it's foundational. I will always refer back to them. You're, you will always own them. Just don't share them because you're the one that bought them. And um, it's, I always teach from the foundation up. True, if you come to me and you've already known all this stuff, I ascertain that like when we speak on a 15 minute consult, I'll you know do that for you if you're still unsure. But I made those videos exactly the way I teach them in person. So if I start you off with the first three left and I say, you know, if you don't know what imaging is, if you don't know what ISDN is, if you don't know what Source Connect is, what trailers are, if you don't know any of that stuff, you're going to start from the beginning. So I want my students to know, uh, you know, exactly what, um, you know, what the foundation is. So again, go on my, and I did it so that I don't have to repeat myself, quite frankly, because if I look at my schedule and I have to teach two lesson ones, oh my God. So I'd rather <laughs> you just see it on video and then you can watch again. And most of my students will rewatch what they've seen. So, you know, start from the ground one and go, go, go. But yes, that's how I, I normally start students. But if you still have more questions, then, you know, of course, you'll email me and be like, hey, I read your F whole FAQ page and like I still have some questions, of course. Yeah, <laughs> trailers like are, yeah, so, Tra trailers, yeah. I was going to say trailers are a whole different beast altogether. Yeah. yeah rest in peace, Don with Latane, his name. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He was a legend. Another legend I also look up to. So, yeah. yeah. Um, any last words you would like to say for all the people out there on the that internet? That is all. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to get back to work now, though. <laughs> sure, sure. You take you. Yeah. Go kill those thank stuff. You, thank you. Yeah. And if you guys like to see this, it will be uploaded shortly on my YouTube and you know, podcast platforms, all that stuff. So um, be sure to follow me on the social media links. They'll be promoted at the end of this. Uh, there's resources like Deep Breath of Baker, Rob Paulson. I'll just list all the guides um, <laughs> the way. So thank you so much. And thank yeah, thank thanks for you. watching. And I'll tune in, tune in next time for more Station Square Podcast. This is Robert Jackson signing out.
And until then, good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, get vaccinated. And yeah, all the wibbly wobbly CDC guidelines stuff. But anyways, take care and have a good rest of your week. Bye. And happy early birthday to me. Yeah, I'm the king. Deal with it. <laughs> See you later.